Hey now, we are getting over and I am the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, here to lead you through these hard times. Data with a very special instant reaction podcast to the sale, really the merger of WWE with Endeavor, the parent company of UFC. That's right, Getting Over is back just hours after completing the second half of our WWE WrestleMania 39 instant analysis to break down what we know to this point about the WWE and Endeavor merger. We are going to get into every single detail that is currently available momentarily off the top of the show though please allow me to remind you that the getting over wrestling podcast is all about defy so head on over to apple Podcasts and spotify drop those five star ratings on apple if you leave a five star written review we will read it live right here on the show and we do hope that you leave those reviews they are really helpful to the podcast we've given you a ton of performance enhancing audio this will now officially be Eight shows over an eight-day period once we get that Raw after WrestleMania podcast done on Tuesday. So please leave that five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast for episode drops, news analysis highlights, and so much more. And please, folks, we have three instant analysis podcasts waiting for your ear holes in the feed right now. NXT Stand and Deliver from Saturday afternoon. WWE WrestleMania 39 Night 1 from Saturday night and WWE WrestleMania 39 Night 2 from Sunday night. Three podcasts in two days all waiting for you right now. Listen to them all before the Raw After WrestleMania podcast on Tuesday where we will also talk about the WWE Hall of Fame and second thoughts from WrestleMania 39. Chris, welcome to the show. I'm going to get right into it because that's what we do here on the Instant Reaction podcast. Early, very early, Monday morning, just hours after WrestleMania concluded with only the Raw After WrestleMania remaining. The company announced a merger with Endeavor, which is the parent company of UFC. The deal leads to the formation of a new company that will claim more than a $21 billion enterprise valuation, with UFC being valued in this deal at $12.1 billion and WWE at $9.3 billion. And that is even more than Vince McMahon seemingly wanted for WWE uh, when he was putting it up for sale. While there are not yet details about what kind of money changed hands, if any, we do know that the Endeavor UFC group will hold a 51% stake in the new company with WWE shareholders maintaining the other 49%. So they are not being bought out. The shares are being converted. The new ticker symbol will be TKO, though they have not yet decided on the name of the new company. We also know the executive structure of this new entity, which will consist of UFC being spun off from Endeavor and merged with WWE for this new company. Ari Emanuel, who is the founder and CEO of Endeavor, will become the CEO as well of this new company. He's going to hold both roles simultaneously. Vince McMahon, who returned as executive chairman of WWE earlier this year after a retirement amid the discovery of hush money payments that he made over alleged sexual misconduct through the company's funds. Well, guess what? He's remaining the executive chairman. He recently paid WWE back more than $17 million for those hush money payments. 
Mark Shapiro or Shapiro, the Endeavor president and CEO, he's going to add those exact same roles with the new company. I think it's just the COO role. Nick Khan will move into a role as president of WWE. He was acting as CEO of WWE recently. And Dana White will remain in his role as president of UFC, both under this banner. So Nick Khan, Dana White, equal power here. Vince McMahon, executive chairman, Ari Emanuel on top of the pyramid. The board of directors will also have 11 seats with the Endeavor side holding six and the WWE side holding five. And Chris, if any of this sounds almost entirely familiar, well, it kind of sounds like succession, right? Uh, The parallels are incredible, including the quote-unquote merger of equals concept and the jousting with the board seats. It's not ultimately the deal that Logan Roy decided to take on succession, but it was a major plot point of the last season and an eerily similar situation. Of course, all of this, as I've already mentioned, comes one day after WWE produced the highest grossing and most attended WrestleMania of all time. And it was a couple weeks ago on this very podcast, Chris, that I brought up the concept of WWE announcing the deal during or shortly after WrestleMania. It just made all the sense in the world with this being in Los Angeles, them saying it was only going to take two or three months after they announced it in January. Well, here we are. It was purposely leaked Sunday, CNBC clearly got the details from WWE or someone with Endeavor, and it got finalized and officially announced Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern. Obviously, the new company will control the two biggest global combat sports and entertainment brands out there. And Chris, there are a lot of items to ultimately discuss here, but let's start with first thoughts. For me, the first feeling is relief to some degree. Simply relief that WWE did not sell to Saudi Arabia. While they ultimately probably would have been somewhat hands-off the Saudis and would have injected money into the business in terms of talent and promotion and all that type of stuff. The combination of the propaganda machine with the sports washing, the human rights violations, it would have been impossible to stomach. And who the hell knows what actually would have happened at the end. Endeavor, say what you will about them, and there's plenty to say about them. They are at least a solid, reliable, ultra mega corporation, and both Endeavor and Emmanuel know the business. Really, now going back to the succession theme, this is the one thing that I cannot get out of my head. It's Vince McMahon, like Logan Roy, saying one simple three-word phrase. I fucking win. Because that's exactly what happened here. Vince McMahon won, as he somehow always does. Yeah, I think first off, we'd like to wish WWE the best in its future endeavor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little uh, play on words there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tweeted it, so I'd love to give you some ton- tons of credit on that. But yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, I missed that. Yeah, I, I know. We're that. both. You, we should know, by the way, before we started recording. We this. should know, by the way, Chris and I are both like in the process of leaving our houses to go on trips. So <laughs> we, we, we haven't yeah, connected. We, we haven't talked we at all. Up. Yeah, we just woke up. Yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, as I said on our instant uh, reaction podcast, you know, salute, thank you for your service, Shane McMahon, who went out and tore his quad on the last night before his family uh, no longer ran the company, essentially. So, I agree with you. Yes, it's it, it's it's good. It's not the Saudis. It's not uh, some other media company. Theoretically, it's a company that knows how uh, fight you know, business fight entertainment Mm -hmm. works, you Mm -hmm. know, like just kind of based on their track record. So you would think WWE creative, whatever it ends up being, will somewhat stay in a similar type of direction. It's not going to 
go off and be some Disney thing. It's not going to be some Saudi Arabia thing. Right. Uh, so so I, I think that's largely a positive for us fans. Uh, the, the, the press release noted, you know, there are a lot of redundancies as happens yes. when you merge two companies. And we both know people in WWE and just mm-hmm. hope that uh, you know, they aren't laid off in this process. It's it said the deal should be completed by the end of 2023. So there will still be some time uh, for a lot of this stuff uh, in terms of fans. You know, what does it matter for you? Creative. We don't know. Is mm-hmm. Triple H going to be still be in charge? We don't know. I'm kind of confused at what Vince's role is. Um, cause technically he's with the larger company, right? Not with WWE cause he's, he's a chairman of part of the board or something. So, uh, like you said, a lot of details need to be worked out, but this is historic. You know, WWE was founded by Vince's grandfather, I think in 1952 or 53, Vince bought it from his father in 82 and it's not going to Shane or Stephanie. It's being sold off now into something else. So mm. really a historic moment in the history of, of pro wrestling. It, it definitely is a major historic moment. Uh, the fact that Vince McMahon, you know, let's let's remember the story of Vince McMahon and, and WWE. He took a middling, you know, Northeast promotion from his father, the WWF. He brought it national WrestleMania, cable television, broadcast television, n- turned it into this is the height of WWE in terms of valuation. A $9.3 billion corporation, that's the enterprise value that they got, and ultimately determined, and let's not forget, WWE, despite being publicly traded for all these decades, um, it was very much a family business. Vince himself personally owned the majority of, of shares and the voting power in WWE, and what we discussed on this podcast, certainly over the last three years, but what had been discussed over the last 10 to 15 years in WWE is who ultimately would take over. Would it be Shane McMahon? Would it be Stephanie McMahon? And it certainly looked like it was going to be Stephanie once Shane left the company. And one of the reasons, among the reasons that Vince, uh, that I'm sorry, Shane left WWE was Shane McMahon wanted to buy UFC when it was way, way, way lower valued and do this exact merger for the most part. I mean, it would have looked a lot different at that time, but he wanted WWE and UFC to be under the same umbrella. He wanted to run UFC. And instead, all these years later, and I don't have the exact year that he wanted to do that. It's the almost exact opposite where WWE is merging into Endeavor for the most part, 5149. So it's crazy that that happened. But ultimately, Vince decided, hey, you know, I bought this company from my father, and I turned it into this $9.3 billion business. And again, for the last 10 to 15 years, everyone's been saying, well, what's next for WWE? Is Shane going to take it over? Is Stephanie going to take it over? Would make sense for one of them to do it. And ultimately, Vince either made one of two decisions, that my kids can't do it, and therefore I'm going to sell the majority stake or you know merge where I lose the majority uh, control and have someone else do it. Or he decided, I like money more than my kids. One of those two things happened. It was either a lack of belief in them or a preference for money over them. And whether the you know, forced retirement, quote unquote, and the sexual misconduct being found out, the alleged sexual misconduct being found out, and him leaving WWE and stepping back completely from creative for at least a period of time, whether that all played into it, very difficult to kind of know. We're not Vince McMahon, and who the hell knows? Maybe Vince McMahon himself doesn't even really know what was going on in his head the entire time. But this has been a tumultuous chapter in both WWE and McMahon's career. And here we 
end up with him as the executive chairman of the board for this new company where he's now, you could say, I don't want to say he's more powerful because he was really the only guy in charge of WWE. He was the only one who mattered. That's no longer the case. Ari Emanuel is over him. But as executive chairman of this new company, he's overseeing both WWE and UFC to some degree. So he's way higher just by comparison than like Dana White is, for example. You have Nick Khan in that same role as Dana White. So Vince, you know, I'm not saying he got more power, but he somehow, you know, got rid of WWE or the majority stake in WWE and got more prestige in whatever this new company. He's going to be the executive chairman of a $21 billion company instead of a $9.3 billion enterprise value company, which is just insane. But of course, Emmanuel is on top of the other thing. And Chris, you kind of brushed over the topic, right? The biggest thing that we as fans um, and viewers of the product and you know, you and I critics of the product as well, the biggest thing we care about is what's going to happen with the creative side. And we don't know the answer to that. Now, there's been whispers that, oh, Vince has his fingers back in creative. And there was a report that during WrestleMania, he was not in gorilla position, but he had a separate office set up right by gorilla. And he was on the headset and he was asking questions and providing thoughts while the show is ongoing. And like, you know, there's a phrase, whatever the fuck ever, like, okay, maybe he is, maybe he's not. Uh, if he's doing it during night one of WrestleMania, it didn't show. If he was doing it during night two of WrestleMania, maybe it showed, but we also can't buy into that stuff that people are spewing around that Triple H booked night one and Vince booked night two just because we liked night one and we didn't like night two as much. But my point really is we don't know what's going to happen with creative. It's just the complete unknown at this point. I would say for the interim, at least WWE's business is better than it has ever been. It's creative is better than it has been in a long time. There's plenty of improvements for it to have on the creative side, but that's largely due to the influence of Triple H. And I think Emmanuel is smart enough to say, hey, you know, Vince, you want to be involved. You want to be executive chairman, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But we want the creative to kind of keep rolling the way it is. So like you said, this is not going to get completed until the end of the year at the earliest. I don't really expect any creative changes to come in the near term and possibly not the long term either. Vince remaining executive chairman is good for his son-in-law, right? Who's um, the chief creative officer of WWE and probably will remain in that role. I'd be surprised if he didn't. And Vince advancing in age, we've seen him with the pencil mustache and the dyed black hair looking like Walt Disney or Howard Stark. I can't imagine he really wants to after this time away, get back into the drudges of day-to-day creative on television. Um, So again, I'm speculating a lot, Chris. We both are. We don't know the answers, but that's the best that I can do right now, given this announcement. Yeah, that's what I I don't know. Like, I could also see a situation where Vince is, you know, like a football coach where they can only see themselves doing one thing and that's being in control of the day-to-day of the company until Mm -hmm. they die. And now that this is part of a new company, now that Vince has come back and he's out of, uh, he's technically sort of past the sexual harassment cases Mm -hmm. and stuff that came up last time, because now this is going to be a new board um, that he is chairman of. Perhaps he does jump back in. I, I, I don't know. I hope not. We really hope not because Triple H has done a really good job. But yeah, it's a lot of unanswered questions. One thing I'm not, I'm curious about, I think I talked about it in the Twitter spaces, we'll see, mm-hmm. is that uh, Nick Khan last week was asked about the idea of, of um, pay-per-views, premium live events, essentially becoming pay-per-views again, uh, where 
you know, you, you subscribe, to let Peacock, me, but you have to pay another fee. Let yeah. me, let me briefly pause you. I don't want to get past the topic and I do want to come back to this in two seconds, but okay. I was, I was reading. So WWE and Endeavor, they released this like pre interview, pre done interview audio, um, answering a bunch of mm-hmm. questions before the deal was even done. And it does say in that audio, cause I'm just rolling. I don't, I don't want to lose the topic that we were just discussing. Mr. McMahon said, according to the New York Times, that Paul Levesque, WWE's chief content officer, also known by his wrestling name, Triple H, will continue to work in that capacity, but his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, will not have a role at WWE. So as of right now, Triple H does remain chief content officer of WWE, and that was the title, not creative officer. It was chief content officer the entire time. Back to what you were saying about pay-per-views. I apologize for interrupting. Yep, no, all good. Nick Khan said last week the idea of like, hey, maybe you charge more for pay-per-views instead of just having a Peacock subscription, Mm -hmm. you pay extra to get it on Peacock. The way that UFC does fights on ESPN plus you have Mm -hmm. ESPN plus, but you still have to pay more for some of the pay-per-views. Nick Khan said that's largely said it's up to Peacock. It's, 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 um, we don't know if Peacock has that technology yet personally. So we'll see, but just as you talk about WWE and UFC and things that they do, that is something I'm curious about that could impact fans where maybe they charge a little bit more for pay-per-views at some point down the road, uh, considering this is a model that UFC uh, already does. Yes. And let's kind of set the table on what's happening financially, just so everyone understands. WWE is about to complete the fifth year of a television media rights contract with NBC Universal, of course, Raw airing on USA Network and Fox with SmackDown, of course, airing on Fox. Uh, Those come up, I believe, in October of this year. However, the Peacock deal was signed uh, in 2021 with WWE Network moving over there. And that was a five-year deal as well. So that does not expire until 2026. So WWE, through this new company, will be actively negotiating new media rights deals. I should also note the UFC signed a five-year deal with ESPN that I believe expires at the end of this year as well. So WWE and UFC will both be in market looking for media rights contracts. And Ari Emanuel and and Vince McMahon and all these folks are going to be seeking and Nikon really is going to probably going to be the one handling a large part of this for both of them. Um, yeah. They're going to be seeking all these media right deals simultaneously. But what will not happen until 2026 is WWE content and presumably premium live events, which you have to imagine were a huge part of that deal, leaving Peacock. Now, they might rework that deal and convince Peacock to do a pay-per-view pricing model like what you're talking about. Um, one of the biggest Fan concerns with UFC once it got bought by Endeavor was they did the deal with ESPN. Not only is UFC content exclusively available on ESPN Plus, that's the only place you can buy the pay-per-views, and they jacked up the price of the pay-per-views. I think there are like $75, and some of them are even more than that. You have to remember, UFC and WWE have completely different business models, right? UFC does not have Mm -hmm. weekly television the way that WWE does. You know, 52 weeks a year, five hours a week, two different shows. It's a completely different business. But that said, Chris, I do think UFC and Endeavor, one of the things that they're best known for is squeezing every single dollar out of business. So the idea that you proposed of perhaps Peacock adding, um, hey, you know, for 20 extra bucks, you get each premium live event or something I proposed when we had a personal conversation on this. Hey, maybe they just make it $9.99 for Peacock or $19.99 for Peacock plus WWE. Like 
it's all the premium live events and stuff. They could do that. They could charge separately only for the big four. There's a million different things that they can do, but they will be trying to get more money out of us as consumers. There's no question whatsoever about that. Other criticisms of Endeavor that currently exist from UFC fans, ads and promotional material plastered everywhere on UFC events. You know, I don't know if they're going to put them on superstars bodies and their gear, although of course Brock Lesnar has his stuff. Um, but we already saw that WWE is headed in that direction based on what happened at WrestleMania a little bit night one heavily on night two. So don't be surprised if there's a lot more sponsored matches and all that type of stuff. And then number three, fighter pay. Uh, UFC fighters are notoriously underpaid and it's a huge problem. Fans get angry about it. They lost, I think, Francis Nagano, one of their top stars. They just lost because they refused to pay him. Uh, it's a huge, huge issue in UFC. The difference between UFC and WWE is UFC does not really have another competitor that is willing to pay even the amount of money that they are. They don't have anyone that can really compete with them on scale. WWE does have legitimate competition in AEW that ha is backed by billionaires. And, and look, Bellator, which is UFC's main competitor, I believe it is actually owned by the company uh, that I work for. Um, which is Paramount, Viacom, CBS previously. Um, but, and obviously it's a huge multi-billion dollar company. But, um, you know, Bellator isn't, it doesn't exist to the level that, in my opinion, AEW does in competition to WWE. And AEW is also privately owned, which is just completely different situation. Mm -hmm. Tony Khan is willing to pay a ton of money to get these stars away from WWE or get them and win bids against WWE out of the independence, Japan, wherever the case might be. So, you know, if the idea is that WWE is just going to slash the salaries of its wrestlers, that ain't going to work because all their big stars will jump ship over to AEW without hesitation. So they're not going to be able to do again what UFC does. However, that leads us to question, what happens to NXT? What happens to the Performance Center? Does that potentially get slashed in half? Um, do they trim the bottom fifth of the Raw and SmackDown rosters? Do more people lose their jobs? You know, the hope is that does not happen. There are going to be people let go from WWE out of redundancy, as you already mentioned. We're talking legal, marketing, public relations, people in the offices, really, the white-collar workers, quote-unquote, if you will. The real question is what happens to WWE's primary workforce that we care about as fans. And in the interim, I wouldn't guess anything happens. In the long term, we may see some people get kind of churned out from the bottom, which is difficult after Triple H just brought back so many people to fill out the roster and really make it the most complete roster that WWE's had in a good while, to some degree better than when they were overloaded with talent because now they're not overloaded with talent. They really just have exactly the right amount. So Chris, that's really, I think, where we can kind of end this because all we're doing really is speculating at this point. Yep. We don't know the answers to all of these questions, but I did want us to spend some time and kind of break down our initial thoughts, of course, of this WWE merger with Endeavor. Is there anything else that well, you feel like you want to get out there before we wrap up? Yeah, as we're speaking, Vince is doing an interview on CNBC. It may be pre-taped, I can't tell, but someone is live tweeting in. Alex Sherman of CNBC, who broke the story yesterday, mm -hmm. says that Vince McMahon has said he won't be in the weeds on creative anymore. Do we believe him? I guess time will tell. Won't be, but wait, wait, lastly, won't be in the weeds, which means probably not booking Raw and SmackDown, but that doesn't mean he's going to be completely hands-off. 
So he could be on top, either pulling the strings in terms of like the individual big decisions, or he could have some role. But that those, saying not in the weeds is completely different than not at all involved. Those are two different things. Yeah, and, and to be clear, that is a paraphrase, not a direct quote. Sure. But, but that is what Vince has at least said publicly. Um, yeah, lastly, just it's kind of wild. I can't believe this is actually happening. I can't believe Vince McMahon is on my TV with that mustache. Um, uh, after everything that happened last summer, all the sexual harassment issues that he's faced and comes out on top, it, 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 it pays to have money, it pays to have power, and, um, you know, a nice fairy tale ending there for everybody, I guess. It absolutely does. All right, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this special instant reaction edition of the Getting Over Wrestling podcast on the way out. Allow me to remind you that this show is all about Defy. So drop those five-star ratings and reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. On Spotify, you can also leave a five-star rating, but please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let everyone know how much you love the show. We've given you so much instant analysis and instant reaction audio over this WrestleMania weekend. We would greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to go back into our podcast feed to listen to the instant analysis of NXT Stand and Deliver and WrestleMania 39 Night 1 and Night 2. Three separate shows all waiting for your ear holes. And we will be back on Tuesday once again with your Raw after WrestleMania breakdown. We'll also talk WWE Hall of Fame and any second thoughts, last thoughts that we have on WrestleMania 39. Chris, thanks for jumping on and joining me. Let's both have very safe trips to our uh, particular destinations. Everyone else, we will talk to you soon. This is the Silver King signing off and leaving you with just three final words. Bye for now.